Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Spiritual pride is one of the main reasons that we as Christians live such defeated lives. We're too proud to ask for help. We're too smug, too pious, too spiritually proud to say to our brother or sister, Hey, you know what? I, would you pray for me? Oh, well, what do you need? Pray? Oh, you know, I'm kind of struggling in this. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of First Thessalonians. Spiritual pride comes before a fall. Pastor J.D. reminds you in his message today that Jesus came down from heaven and died on the cross to bridge the gap between you and God. He's also gifted you with brothers and sisters in the faith. When you're in need, put your pride aside and ask for help. Prayer is a powerful tool. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor JD in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. They're ministering in their own strength, and you've got all these programs, all the flash and the splash, which I believe comes as a result of the lack of, even the absence of, the Holy Spirit. So the litmus test for me is at the end of the day when somebody will come up to me and say, wow, that was powerful. And they're looking at me going, and it wasn't you. (laughs) You had nothing to do with it. You were only the mouthpiece. It was the Lord met me here. The Lord met me here. The Lord ministered to me here. The Lord spoke to me here. The Lord is here. I don't get up here and try to put on a show. To me, and I, please (laughs) don't misunderstand me when I say this, but when you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, you've got to make up for it. In order to make up for it, you've got to come up with stuff. See, one of the most freeing truths for me, and you know it's truth when it's freeing, one of the most freeing truths for me is that it's not on me. There's no pressure. All I have to do is be faithful and allow, I'd like to say it this way, give the Holy Spirit elbow room. Listen, if it were up to me and the pressure was on me to keep your attention, shoot me now. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does that. Let me take it a step further. If the pressure was on me to grow the church, to fall prey to this whole church growth movement, oh my goodness, if you could only see my email inbox, I get inundated with these ministries, 10 ways to grow your church. I'm like, what? Let me see. I don't, I don't, that's not, that's not 
what we do. That's not, did you imagine if it was on me to grow the church? I mean, you know what, just shoot me now, because that's, that's too much pressure. I can't, it's impossible. I can't do that. The Lord does that. The Lord adds to the church as many as should be saved. There's no pressure on me. You know what my job description is? It's actually very simple. It might be too simple. Don't make simple synonymous with easy. (laughs) Not easy. Simple. Preach the Word. That's it. Preach the Word. That's it. I mean, my goodness, I, if I had to muster up and manufacture this whole thing, I can't imagine living under the crushing weight of that pressure. It's the Holy Spirit. When I come up here and I put my hands right here, uh, the Lord and I have this arrangement of sorts. As soon as my hands are on the pulpit, I say, okay, Lord, you take control. You control me, you empower me, you anoint me, and I hope this doesn't sound weird, but you possess me. I'm possessed by (laughs) the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Some of you are saying, I sure hope so, because, (laughs) but this is one of those places in God's Word where I think it's helpful to note where the emphasis is. And I'll explain what I mean. So Paul is saying that God Himself will sanctify you. He is faithful through and through. And then he says this, and it can be easily missed at first read. He says, he will do it. The implication, you can't do it. It's not, he will do it. I don't think the emphasis is on will. He will do it. I don't think the emphasis is on do. He will do it. I don't think the emphasis is on it. I think the emphasis is on He. He will do it. Not you. Not you. (laughs) You can't. He can. Let Him. By the way, I just gave you the three-step program. Step one, realize you can't. Step two, know He can. Step three, let him. Let him. Get out of his way. Get out of his way. We had a pastor's meeting here recently, and all the pastors were going around kind of sharing a little bit about what God's doing. And when it came to me, I just, I said, Lord, Lord, I don't know what to share, because, I mean, you've did it all. You're doing this. I mean, I'm just, you know, kind of along for the ride, and and I'm just staying out of your way. And the Lord said, well, share that. So I did. It was really short, 
me being brief, that was a miracle unto itself. But I just very briefly and simply said, you know, one of the things when I step back from all of this and I really get a a proper perspective, what I realize is the best thing I can do is stay out of God's way and let Him do it. He is faithful. He will do it. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves, shall we? In and of ourselves, we are absolutely incapable of doing anything apart from Him, especially and chiefly concerning our sanctification. Sanctification is a a word that basically means to be set apart. Here's an illustration, best illustration I heard on it. Uh, A wedding dress, it is set apart. Uh, You could say sanctified. It's not not something you're going to wear every day. No, it's set apart for a special occasion. That's what it means to be sanctified, to be purified, to be set apart. So is it on me to sanctify myself? No. I think about when Paul writes to the churches in Galatia, he says, what are you guys doing? What is the matter with you? He doesn't say it like that, but it's a loose paraphrase. He he says, who has bewitched you? Apparently you've been brought under this spell, and now you're trying to complete, perfect that which was begun in the Spirit. You're trying to do it yourself in the flesh. It won't happen. It can't happen. He will do it. Let Him. Stay out of His way. And again, here's the thing, and I I don't want to harp on this. I want to get to this third one, which is really, it just kind of puts a bow on the whole package, if I can say it like that. But I do want to say this, and it applies really in every arena of life, in our marriages, in our homes, especially in the ministry, (laughs) in the church, you have to rely upon the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. You need the power of the Holy Spirit, because absent the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not long before you find yourself trying to operate in the energy of your own flesh, and that is a recipe for disaster. Disaster. One last thing. I know I said already that was the last one, but there's one last thought here. (laughs) I love it when people ask me, um, wow, you know, you guys are really blessed. And, you know, what they're really asking me, but without saying it, they're saying, uh, what's the secret to your success? I love it. Even when they don't ask it, I'm going to try to answer it. (laughs) Because you know what my answer is? God chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Have you seen my resume? I don't even actually have a resume, but even if I did have a resume, not very impressive. Nothing wrong with an impressive resume. God doesn't call the qualified, as it's been said. He qualifies the called. And God will call and choose and use the least and the last so that 
He alone gets the glory. Because if it was me, and I was pretty impressive. I mean, I've got letters after my name. Again, nothing wrong with that, but I don't have any letters after my name. That's why I changed my name and put letters instead. (laughs) JD, what does that stand for? Well, Jesus' disciple. I don't have letters. I don't have all these degrees. You go to my office upstairs, look on the wall. uh, It's paint. I don't have... (laughs) I'm not very impressive. I mean, just look at me for crying out loud. But that's the point, isn't it? At the end of the day, I please, I don't want you to ever leave this church. And hear me out on this. I don't want you to be saying the name JD. Wow, that JD. When we do that, this is something I, in my own life that God's been dealing with me concerning. When we do that, the Holy Spirit's like, hey, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, JD. I'm out of here. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm not here to promote you or the name of your church or your congregation. No, my sole purpose is the name of Jesus, the only name given among men whereby we must be saved, the name of Jesus that every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. All right, I feel better now. Let's go to the third one. It's in verses 25 through 28. And this is what I want to spend the remainder of our time on, because it's that we refuse to humble ourselves. Notice with me in verse 25, Paul humbles himself and asks for prayer. What? Wait a minute. This is the Apostle Paul we're talking about. I mean, when he walked into a room, you knew who he was. I imagine Paul as being this very, I mean, (laughs) powerful because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Just his presence. And by every right, when when he writes, by every right, he could have started off his letters with the Apostle Most Revered Paul. Not worthy. But you know what's interesting? When you read the introductions to the letters, it's not the Apostle Paul, it's Paul the chief of sinners. Chief of sinners. This is a guy who saw himself as God sees him. This is a man who did not think more highly of himself than he ought. He's willing to humble himself and say, hey, would you guys pray for me? Would you agree that it takes great humility to ask somebody to pray for you? Listen, as a pastor, I I have to confess that um, for me, sometimes it messes people up. I mean, you're supposed to be the pastor. And, and 
you, you need prayer? I thought pastors had perfect marriages, perfect lives, you know. You, you understand that as a pastor it requires a great humility. And, and here's the thing, the folly of pride and the wisdom of humility. In fact, wisdom comes vis-a-vis humility. And there are so many proverbs about God humbling the exalted and exalting the humble. And really, they're terrifying because one in particular is, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. Why is that terrifying? Because, here's how I read it, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord before He does it for you. Oh, this, this humility of, we, we won't ask. We're too proud. I don't want people to think less of me. Because they look at me and I put on this facade that I've got it all together. I mean, just look at me when I pull up into the church parking lot, that big Christian smile. What we didn't see was, before you got here, when you're yelling at the kids and arguing with the wife, and then you pull up to the church parking lot. Come on. You know what that is? It's not just pride, it's spiritual pride. Oof, that's the worst spiritual pride. I'm going to make a suggestion, and I want you to think this through with me and see if you agree, that spiritual pride is one of the main reasons that we as Christians live such defeated lives. We're too proud to ask for help. We're too smug, too pious, too spiritually proud to say to our brother or sister, hey, you know what, I, would you pray for me? Oh, well, what do you need? Pray? Oh, you know, I'm kind of struggling in this area and in that area. Oh, I never knew. I don't want to end on this note. So I want to encourage you. And this might seem like an oversimplification, but we've just looked at three reasons as to why it is that we as Christians live these defeated Christian lives, quenching the Holy Spirit, cutting off that source of power. Again, Holy Spirit, holy life. We cannot in and of ourselves, we have no hope of ever living holy Christian lives absent the Holy Spirit. So cutting off the power supply, trying now by default to muster up the energy and the power in my own strength, and then my pride, my unwillingness to humble myself and ask They won't be seen as weak. So what's the answer? You're looking at me, you're sitting here, you're watching online, and you're saying to yourself, "Uh, you read my mail this last week. This is me. Nobody else needed to hear this. I needed to hear this. I've been walking in utter and total defeat. 
I can't get the victory. You already have the victory. I can't experience the victory. I can't live in the victory. I can't walk in the victory. What do I do? What's the answer? How do I live a victorious Christian life? Answer. Ready? Wait for it. Ask. Told you it was going to be an oversimplification. Ask. James says, you have not because you ask not. You know, the prayer that God can't answer is the one that you don't pray. How's that? Ask. So Jesus is talking and he's using a a parable and illustration. He says, you know, you guys, as earthly fathers, you know how to give good gifts to your children when they ask. I mean, come on. Is there anybody here that if your children ask you for a fish, you're going to give them a snake? Or they ask you for bread, you're going to give them a stone? That's not going to happen, right? And you're evil. You're fallen as earthly fathers. How much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit when you ask? I asked, said, Lord, fill me afresh, baptize me anew in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if I get up there and the Holy Spirit doesn't empower me, forget it. It ain't going to happen. I know that's not proper English. Don't email me. Do you understand? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. What does that look like tomorrow morning when that alarm clock goes off? Here's what it looks like. You wake up in the morning. Early in the morning will I rise up and seek you. And you ask the Lord, Lord, (laughs) I got quite a day ahead of me. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit for that 10 o'clock meeting that I have. I need the Holy Spirit for that 2 o'clock doctor's appointment that I have. I need the Holy Spirit for when I get home from work and I walk in that door and life hits. (laughs) And the wife says, here, you take care of the kids. I need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, so that at the end of the day I can look back on the day and I can say (laughs) truly and sincerely, it was a victorious day. I had the victory today. I didn't live in this defeat unnecessarily because of the power of the Holy Spirit. First Thessalonians has already given us some great practical advice for living for Jesus. Toward the end of the Apostle Paul's letter, we find a few verses that sum it up well. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That may sound easy enough, but this attitude can be hard to hold on to when you're in the thick of a trial or find yourself being persecuted from all sides. When you're finding it difficult to rejoice and give thanks, you need to dive even deeper into Jesus. Through prayer, fellowship with other believers, and reading the Word, You can stand strong in the face of opposition and continue to speak the truth. 
can we pray for you as you do this? We love being able to lift up our listeners to the Lord. You can connect with us by visiting our website in spiritandtruthradio.com and click on Contact under the About tab. We'll get in touch with you as soon as we can. You'll also find us on Facebook and Twitter and over on YouTube. Links to all of these are available at our website. We want to encourage you to find and begin regularly attending a church in your area, too. If you're near Kariohe, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. That website also houses all of Pastor J.D.'s teachings, including his weekly prophecy updates. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth study of 1 Thessalonians on In Spirit and Truth. Oh,